Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount Plus. I'm in a period of emotional upheaval. Is that all the oh, I don't care crap? A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm gonna steal a bird from the Russian pigeon mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Wing, rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Hey, it's Anna. I was in a lift a few weeks ago on the way to the airport, and I asked my driver what he thought about a new California law that's intended to force companies like Uber and Lyft to make their drivers employees instead of contractors. My driver told me that he doesn't like the law because he likes the flexibility of being a contractor. He just wishes Lyft would pay him more so he could spend less time on the road and more time with his wife and four kids. Our conversation made me think about the episode we did about Bay Area Uber drivers back in 2017. Producer Katie Bishop and I got in the car and asked our drivers why they started driving. And we heard all kinds of stories about immigration, the cost of housing, student debt, and still trying to recover from the financial crisis. It made me want to share that episode with you again. So here it is. Our new episode with Hassan Minhaj will be in your feeds next week. Are you in school? Are you out of school? Or what stage of life are you in now? Uh, figuring it out. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Just like everybody else driving for Uber. My show is called Death, Sex, and Money, and it's about... Death, Sex, and Money. Death, Sex, and Money, yes. <laughs> that um, sounds so scary. Well, it's, it's actually, it's about the things that everyone, that everyone goes through, um, but, that, but that we have trouble kind of talking about. You're not going to put this on TV, huh? Hello? Hi, Ahmad. This is Anna. You just confirmed my pickup? Yes, ma'am. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I just have a quick question for you. I'm a radio reporter, and I'm doing interviews with Uber drivers while I take rides today. Um, are, are you open to answering just a few questions about the kinds of conversations you have with passengers while you drive? Like, what kind of questions you're going to Just kind of like, um, you know, why you drive and what it's like driving around and, and the kinds of people you meet and sorts okay. of conversations yeah, you have. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, no problem. Okay, cool. I'll see you in a few minutes. Okay. Bye. Bye. Last month, producer Katie Bishop and I took Uber ride after Uber ride all around the Bay Area. Hello. We rode in the back seat and turned drivers' cars into recording studios. What are those so big, big microphones? You're scaring me now. <laughs> Uber's been in the news a lot lately, particularly its leadership and corporate culture. But I wanted to know more about the drivers and what keeps them on the road. I want to take my wife to Spain, so I started doing this. I didn't want to just sit home. And I have money when I need to buy something for my little son or for my house. 
We also heard about the downsides of driving for Uber. In order to make full-time money, you have to work like 11 to 12 hours. I drive more at nighttime, so I know how to handle the drunk people. There's a lot of competition, and, you know, it's kind of difficult to get a, a ride sometimes. With Uber, you order up a car, and all of a sudden, you're alone with a stranger. And over the 10, 15, 20 minutes you spend together, conversations can get surprisingly personal. We had a pretty bad experience with parents. Like, you know, did not get enough love when, I, when we were younger. Everyone has a story about what happened in their lives that got them driving for money. I was working in mortgages 2008, lost my job. I'm like the jack of all trades. I've worked with uh, people like Justin Bieber. No way. Before I worked in the restaurant, the Mexican restaurant. When you first got here, you had a different job? Yeah, pizza. Pizza? The little pizza, yeah. This, this job is better because this job, pizza don't talk. <laughs> That's what led us to a grocery store parking lot, standing around with microphones out, headphones on, waiting for Ahmad. I think this is Ahmad. Yeah. Hi, how you doing? I know this is strange, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) So how long have you been driving Uber? Um, One and a half year. Uh Uh-huh. And why'd you start? Um... I just started because uh, I thought it's more money in the Uber. And how many hours a week do you do it, generally? Um, when I started, I was working like 70 hours. and now, 70? Yeah, 70 hours. Uh-huh. And now I'm doing like 50 to 55 hours. Like on a really good week, what's yeah. the most that you've made? Um, I have made $2,500 a week. Wow. Before. And right now, I'm just making like $1,500, maybe like $1,200. What brought you to the Bay Area originally? I just moved from Pakistan. So when I moved here, I had an uncle here in Union City. So mm-hmm. I was living with him for for a year. And, and what kind of work were you doing back then? I was working for an ice cream store. Uh-huh. Ice cream store and... And the cloth store, that was a cloth store over there. So you were working like retail? Yeah, retail. Sounds like you probably are making a lot more money as an Uber driver than you did at those jobs. Uber, like if I am doing eight hours job in uh, in any other place, I'm making the same money. The thing is like the Uber, I go for like 12 hours, 14 hours. Even I have worked like before 28 hours throughout. So, really? Yeah. Why did you do that? That's a lot of hours <laughs> yeah. in a row. <laughs> I know, but like, when you are new here, you you see the people like, hey, these people are better than me. So I, I do that. Like, I have to make some more money. Uh huh. Do you often talk with your riders, or are you quiet? Before I was, I used to talk a lot uh, with the riders, but right now I'm. I, I try to being quiet. Why did you change? Because the people uh, in Pakistan, we have a um, we have a like a thinking that uh, American people they are very nice, they are very ge- uh, generous, even more than our people. So that's why I was used to 
talk a lot with the people like uh, I thought you guys like to talk more and then I realized now they are kind of different people not not that kind of generous so no. it, your your opinion of Americans has shifted have shifted yeah is that because of interactions you've had or because yeah of... with the interaction uh, with the people interaction oh really so, yeah I realized that like you because back then I had a very good opinion about the American people like in general I mean they are very kindly or whatever you can say so now it has changed a little bit not too much is it is your life here in the Bay Area is it like what you imagined when you decided to come no no um I wish I before moving here I would have come to America to see things how how the things are then I would I would choose like if I want to move here or not but I did the wrong thing I just packed my whole luggage and came to America and I said like fuck this is not it's not it's not a good life like how I imagine It wasn't just drivers new to California who told me life here wasn't what they expected. A driver named Matthew is from here, and 10 years after graduating high school, he's trying to make enough money to stay. He's worked as a server at a grocery store and is trying to break into coding now. He's been driving for Uber since October. Like for me and all my friends, it's just like nobody's making it. (laughs) Everybody's in debt. Like uh, all my friends that decided to go for the four year and they didn't really come for money and they pulled out student loans they just reeling from it like they're not doing any better than I am and I didn't go that route at all what'd you do right after high school uh I did try and go to DVC I went there for about a year or two and what, what's uh, that Diablo Valley College it's uh-huh. like a community college uh-huh. and uh yeah I just never really figured out exactly what I wanted to do until it was a little too late I did try and take uh, coding stuff at that school and about two weeks in, I was like, I, I can teach myself more at home alone in one day than I've learned in this class in two weeks. So I just decided to drop out of that class and just do it on my own. Have you had somebody who has like who you go to for advice when you're trying to figure out next steps? Yeah, I totally have a. Uh, I'm someone's Padawan. He's taken me under his wing. He's a uh, kind of a friend that I met through a friend, and he's in the coding business. Padawan, what's that a reference to? Star Wars? I should know that. Jedi Sorry. And Padawan. Sorry, God. That's embarrassing. Um, and does he know that that's how you refer to him? Yeah, or 100%. He re- uh-huh. And what's, like, have you had a, a conversation with a passenger that, that like, you think back on? Has there been anything that's, like, a moment where you're like, wow, that changed the way I thought about something? Um, there's definitely been a, a bunch of tiny ones. It's more fascinating to realize all these different people have different destinations kind of thing. Like, I'll talk to them and I'll drop one person off that's going to, uh, like, say, like, they're attending a wedding or something. And they bring that, that energy and that vibe kind of into the car. And then 15 minutes later, they're gone and somebody gets in and you're driving them to, like, their mom's grave. I've totally done that. Wow. It's crazy. So you get these different energies that come into the car. And you just kind of like, oh, that's awesome. You're going to a wedding. That's so cool. And the next person gets into the car and they're having the worst day ever. And they're just kind of staring out the window. Okay. I, I sell cemetery. I'm a family service counselor. Really? And I sell, uh, I also sell uh, solar. Solar? Yeah. So I'm, uh, I can sell almost anything despite the accent. This is Evelyn. 
She's been driving for Uber for about a year, twice a week or so, for extra money. And you sell, like, cemetery plots? Yes, to cemetery families? family service counselor. Can I ask you about what that's like? I'm What's that like? It spooked me the first time The first time I went to the cemetery because I'm a little bit scared, you know, that kind of stuff, the spirit uh, kind of stuff. But i gotten used to it. Yeah. Do you primarily, are you selling to people who are planning ahead or are you selling to people who already... Both. Are, uh-huh. Both. Pre-need and at-need. Oh, that's Pre- what it's called? Yeah, pre-need when you're planning. Uh-huh. For your family or for yourself. At need in, in, is uh, when somebody's already passed away. I imagine it feels really different when it's pre-need or at need. Uh, it's like a different experience. It's, it's, uh, it's almost the same thing. It's just a lot of paperwork. Uh-huh. Uh, I've been more into real estate side, uh, actually. Uh-huh. Uh, when the real estate market went down, you know, uh, I slowed down. I lost some properties, too, so... So you got hit... hit feet, turn right onto Harrison Street. Hit sort of with the with the downturn and the foreclosure crisis? Correct, uh-huh. correct. Uh-huh. Was yes. it investment properties that you lost? Everything. Everything? Everything. Oh. So have you been sort of rebuilding since then? Yeah, rebuilding financially and rebuilding life, mm-hmm. you know. When you say you lost everything, what do you mean? Lost uh, my houses. Houses. Oh. Houses. <laughs> oh. Yes. Income, that kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, and children are growing up. It was a hardship. It was, it was a traumatic uh, experience in my life. I imagine. Because I have children with me, you know, I have my grandchildren with me, but hey. Life is, uh, God is good, you Are you, do you have a spouse? Uh, divorced. Divorced. Yes. I'm so divorced. you're, you were a single woman navigating all of that. Yeah, navigating the Uber too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Expert navigator. <laughs> huh. What helped you when it was the, like the scariest? What, what helped? helped me? Yeah. I think my church, uh, my church. Uh, that's that's when uh, I turned to God. Yeah. God has reason for everything. Do you ever go back to where your old houses were to look at them? Oh yeah, all the time. Me and my children go pass by and drive by. How does it feel to look at it? Yeah. I just miss my plants. Yeah. Because I, I love plants, you know. I say, oh, look at my lemon. There's still a lot of a lot, lot of fruits. Does In 800 live? feet, keep left to continue on Derbos Avenue. Does someone live in the house? Yes. Now? It is also Filipinos that bought the house. <clears throat> I want to go back to flipping houses. It didn't so. spook you? It didn't scare you after no, going through it, You know, this, this life, it, it's all a part of life. What you going to do? You're just going to lay down there and take everything now. Learn how to fight. I learned how to fight. Coming up, more conversations from the backseat of an Uber. Tell me how to pronounce your first name. Mm, in Nepali accent, you call it Madan. Madan? Uh-huh. So it's okay. But with American, though, I go Madden. <laughs> Madden. I love it. I love it. Oh, my God. 
With what seems like an endless amount of information at our fingertips, we tend to forget that wondering about things is really part of the journey to finding answers we're looking for. So when it comes to the hot topics of Israel, Judaism, and Zionism, there's so much to wonder about right now that it's hard to know where to turn. Enter the latest weekly podcast from Unpacked, Wondering Jews with Michal and Noam. Join hosts and educator extraordinaires Michal Biton and Noam Weissman as they tackle these topics and the uncomfortable questions that surround them with the goal of working towards the answers together with their listeners. No matter where you're from, if you've ever wondered about anything, this is the podcast for you. So check it out. Subscribe to Wondering Jews with Michal and Noam on your favorite podcast app today. Wondering Jews is brought to you by Unpacked, a division of Open Door Media. I want to thank you for listening and for all your support as we at Death, Sex, and Money have made our move to Slate. Your stories, voice memos, and emails have meant so much to the team. As part of this transition, there's a new way to support our show financially at Slate, our new home. And you'll get something special in return. Subscribe to Slate Plus, and you'll not only support our work on death, sex, and money, you'll get access to new benefits, including listening to us and all of the other great shows Slate makes, like Slow Burn and Dakota Ring, without any ads or sponsor breaks. To subscribe, just click Try Free at the top of the Death, Sex, and Money show page on Apple Podcasts, or visit slate.com slash DSM Plus to get access wherever you listen. Thanks. This week, the Supreme Court is hearing arguments about whether the Trump administration can end DACA, Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals. That's the Obama-era program that gave legal protections to people who were brought to the U.S. as children without documentation. The Supreme Court's ruling will affect over 700,000 people in the U.S., including Freddie, whom I interviewed last year in New Jersey, along with his wife Vanessa, who is a citizen. They told me then about what it's been like to live with the uncertainty of Freddie's legal status. And with DACA back in the courts this week, we asked them to send us an update about how they're doing. Hi, Anna. This is Vanessa and Freddie here. How are you guys? How you doing? Since we last spoke about a year and a half ago, we've been able to purchase our first home together. And we're expecting our first child, which is very exciting. And we're, we're happy that we've been able to kind of move our relationship and marriage goals forward and find workarounds given our immigration circumstances, um, especially as the DACA case goes before the Supreme Court this week. So as far as the news, it is very nerve-wracking to know that it is going to the uh, Supreme Court because... If Supreme Court kills this case, that'll be the end of it. God willing, everything will come out to the favor of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people who really need this. Not people that are criminals or, or bad person, but people that just need an opportunity to have a better life and have better outcomes for them and their families. If you want to hear my entire conversation with Freddie and Vanessa, text the letters D-A-C-A to the number 70101, and we'll send you a link to that episode. Separately, Vanessa also mentioned in her email to us that she's heard our call out for stories about race and friendship. 
Her mother's Dominican and her father's white. And she told us she's noticed how often her friends of color point out that she's biracial. She wrote, I wouldn't say that I've been ashamed of being white, but having only ever lived and grown up with my Dominican side, eating the food, speaking the language, dancing the music, visiting the country, I couldn't understand why the fact that my dad was white was always a thing for others to mention. We're still collecting stories about race and friendship for a project with NPR's Code Switch podcast. We've heard a lot so far from Black women and white women, but we'd love more stories from men and other people of color. Record a voice memo and send it to us at deathsexmoney at wnyc.org. Hello. How are you? Good. This is my producer, Katie. Hey, how's it going, Katie? This is Death, Sex, and Money from WNYC. I'm Anna Sale. And this is Jeremy. He drives Uber part-time so he and his wife can save up to buy a house. I do it on my days off and, you know, evenings. Do you, what's your other job? I'm an engineer at eBay. Really? Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it's a very expensive town to live in. You know, I should have bought three years ago when I first started doing it, but I didn't. I waited. Now it's kind of like I'm, I'm racing to catch it, but I will never catch up now. So how long have you lived in the Bay Area? That's another little twist to this story as well. So I, I actually live in Colorado, and I, I'm flying, I fly here for, for my job. And I, I have a, I rent a place with my brother. So the, the, while I'm here, I'm making money on my spare time so we can buy that house. So how often do you get to see your wife? Well, I'm going home next week. So I'll go home uh, Wednesday morning, and I'll come back Saturday night, because that's a uh, I do that about every other month. Do you have children? Yeah, I got four. You have four children? Yeah. So I was thinking, I was like, gosh, when do you see your family? Yeah. But your family is not here, so you're yeah. free to work. Yeah, exactly. So that's, you know, yeah. How long do you think you will be doing this? <laughs> I told my wife I wanted to move this summer because I was like, you know, we'll just find something, you know, wherever it is. Yeah, like just to rent in the interim. But... Like, for sure, next year, I want to find something to buy. And if not, then, sorry, eBay, I'm going to go back to Boulder. As we talked to drivers over two days, it became clear that all of them are in some kind of transition. Uber was no one's plan A. Hello. Hello, ladies. How are you? Doing good. This is Mudden, Madden. He started driving after nursing school didn't work out. I was unsuccessful on that. I tried it twice. Uh huh. I couldn't make it. So this is the only choice, past money, because I wanted to do something and be something. Yeah. Well, you said, what did you say, money? Pa- past? Pa- fast. Fast money. Yeah. And where did you grow up? Uh, actually, I am from Nepal. Uh-huh. Yeah. I studied abroad there in college. Oh, did you? Yeah. Oh, wow. I lived in uh, Chabil, outside of Kathmandu. No way. Yeah. It's, it's so nice to meet, like, you know, American people who had visited Nepal because they have much more broad idea. You know, like, like you know, most of the American people, they don't visit outside. Yeah. But it's really nice to meet someone who has already visited Nepal. Yeah. Oh, and why did you choose to come to the U.S.? Uh, because my dad, he's uneducated, to be honest, and he's a farmer. So... He was thinking more like, you know, it, children should not be depending on farm and stuff. So basically he didn't want 
his son to be you know like him so yeah when did you first come to the u.s was i it? came here when i was 18. 18. so yeah. so how many years ago was that uh, it was i i've been here almost six and a half years okay yeah what do you do when you're not working for fun um i basically don't have any life i either drive or sleep or cook food what do you cook uh it's called uh um, dal yeah 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 do you know, dal bat huh? uh-huh, dal yeah. Bat. <laughs> yeah i know anna right <laughs> yes oh my goodness it's interesting like you yeah. know what i'm talking about you know what's funny this uh-huh. is um when i was there uh-huh. there was something about the, I, I was a student with women and men, uh-huh. and for some reason, when we ate dalbat, which uh-huh. is dal and rice, it's like when we ate dalbat, um, all of the women gained weight, uh-huh. and so we started calling it uh, bot butt because we, <laughs> cause wow. we were all gaining weight in our hips. <laughs> so that's what I think about when I think that of dalbat. Is, that is so funny. I love it. Yeah. Do you think you'll, like, when you think about your life in, like, 10 years, mm-hmm. what, do you, what do you picture? Like, what do you hope for? Uh, in 10 years, I think I'll, myself, having a business. What kind of business have you thought about? Um, probably gas station or, you know, something that generates money. Yeah. Yeah. Why did you, why did you want to be a nurse when you were thinking about going because to school? Because I, and I really wanted to help people so bad. But I guess that, you know, I chose the wrong career. Maybe, you know, I didn't know how to learn, right? So, or maybe, I don't know what, what was the worst part I did to, you know, to be unsuccessful in school. You know, since I didn't become a nurse, I think the lady that I'm going to marry with, she's going to be a nurse for sure, and she's going to help our community out that's what you'd like yeah you're on the market for a nurse uh-huh yeah <laughs> i'm gonna get married with a nurse from nepal <laughs> when do you think you'll get married uh probably planning this summer in a this summer this summer like in a few months uh-huh have you met do you know who you're no, gonna marry i don't know <laughs> it's, it's strange but i don't know who it's gonna be yeah. So are, right now, are your parents, are they like talking and trying to find potential mm-hmm. partners mm-hmm. for you? Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. How, while do, you, I, while how I, do you feel uh-huh. about that? That's soon. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. And like, you know, what they say is parents are always experienced people. Yeah. So they know what they are doing. Do you think your parents have a good marriage? Uh-huh. They've been married for... Well, I don't know what to tell you because my mom, she left me when I was five because, you know, it was a situation where she had to choose between keeping herself safe versus being with us. So she chose to leave family. You know how, how, like in Nepal, like... we do not they do not have like women do not have that much rights yeah is they do have up here so like you know if i was in nepal i can do whatever I want beat her 
you know, more like domestic violence. Like the man can do whatever the man wants to do. Yeah. So she chose to leave family and then just for the sake of her children. My mom more like she chose her own sister to get married with my dad. And that way, you know, my dad is happy because he wanted to get double marriage. Like uh-huh. they are really not satisfied with just one woman. Oh, I see. Yeah. And um, do you have a close relationship with your mother? Um, not really because I haven't seen what she looks like. Oh, you haven't seen her since you I were a kid? I haven't because like, you know, you're, you're, you're afraid of your dad, like what he's going to do. Because, I mean, I really respect my dad, but I hate him too. Because he's the one who brought us up here because, you know, no Nepalese can think to come to America. It's it's very expensive. Like, for capital city people, it's not that big. But for us from rural side, it's it's more like, you know, dream to go to America. So I respect my dad for bringing us up here. But I also hate him because we we hadn't seen our mother, what she looks like. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. And then, but you feel, um, do you feel nervous to get married? Oh, kind of nervous and excited. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. Is it your father who will pick out your yes. your wife? Uh-huh. What kind of husband do you think you will be? Do you, do you think that you will, um, do you think you'll be the kind of husband that your father was? Like No, definitely not. Because once you get married, like, women should be respected. And that's what I think. Like, once you get married, you should be good with it for the rest of your life. Yeah. If things doesn't work out, then you really need to solve it. But getting married and beating up the women, it's really not the thing. It, it's not being a man. That's Madden. I am so glad that you did my podcast. Uh, and I, I appreciate it. Of course. <laughs> Thanks also to Ahmad, Matthew, Evelyn, and Jeremy, as well as Anna, Mukti, Rizwan, Sharad, Emiliano, and Charles for letting us get into your cars with microphones and for the rides. Death, Sex, and Money is a listener-supported production of WNYC Studios in New York. I'm based at the Center for Investigative Reporting in Emeryville, California. The team includes Katie Bishop, Emily Botine, and Andrew Dunn. Thanks to Jillian Weinberger for her help on this episode. The Reverend John Delore and Steve Lewis wrote our theme music. I'm on Twitter at Anna Sale. The show is at Death, Sex, Money on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And you can email us anytime at deathsexmoney at wnyc.org. We gave out Death, Sex, and Money stickers before we got out of the car each time. I think Evelyn was the most into it. Uh, That's sex and money. That's sex and money. The money part I like. But that uh, later on. (laughs) (laughs) I know I I, want to meet my lord, but not yet. (laughs) I'm Anna Sale, and this is Death, Sex, and Money from WNYC.